G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Welcome to On The Rock, God's unchanging word for changing times with Dr. Camille Majdali, Director of Teach All Nations Melbourne, Australia. Dr. Camille lived and studied in the Middle East, served as a principal of a leading Bible college and now travels the world teaching God's word. He has an extraordinary knowledge of the Bible and a dynamic ability to make God's truth come alive in a real, practical way. This episode of On The Rock will give you keys to survive and succeed in the days ahead by hearing and doing the words of Jesus. Our series is entitled, The Coming King, Understanding the Book of Zechariah, a verse-by-verse audio commentary. And the coming king, of course, is Jesus Christ. Zechariah actually describes both of his comings. His first coming, 2,000 years ago, to be the sacrifice for our sins. The second coming, where he doesn't come bearing our sins, but he comes bearing his crown and bringing the fullness of salvation. Zechariah is a remarkable prophetic book. If you want to learn about the last times, the comings of Jesus, and a bit of the nature of his kingdom, then This is a book worth studying. That's why we're having a verse-by-verse commentary. And of course, if you want the whole series, you can have more details about it on our homepage. We're going to now begin chapter 11. There's 14 chapters in all, and chapter 11 takes a turn to the left. In the previous chapter, we see that God is redeeming, restoring, gathering those that were exiled in Israel because of sin and judgment. It's all wonderful. But now something very strange begins to happen. We see stunningly this rejection of the very king who was spoken of, especially in Zechariah 9 verse 9, a great messianic prophecy that was fulfilled clearly when Jesus had his triumphal entry into Jerusalem. Now we have, as it were, nature in the Holy Land, in trouble, particularly the trees. And it's almost like a poem, a metaphorical poem. It's talking about the trees, but it's really referring to the, the land and people. Because somehow the people, despite what God is going to do in the future, before that happens, they're going to reject the king who's come to them. And the rejection and betrayal of Messiah is actually mentioned here in Zechariah, as we're going to see in subsequent verses. This is strange. And, you know, sometimes, let's face it, human nature is very bizarre. Because when goodness is extended, we can reject it. And yet when evil or bad intentions happen, we can accept it. When people do the kind thing, They can be looked at with suspicion, and when they actually are larrikin and do the wrong thing, somehow they're popular. Why are we so inconsistent? And why are we so, how would you put it, doing the wrong thing? Well, it's because despite many positives in our nature, our composition, after all, we are made in the image of God, there is also corruption in our nature. We call it sin. And the sin issue is with all of us, and we cannot solve it through our education, our good works, or even trying to be religious. It can only be solved 
by receiving in faith the gospel of Jesus. So because there is going to be this rejection of the very one who's come to redeem, that's why the poem is offered about the trees that are in trouble. For example, let me read to you the first two verses of Zechariah 11. Open up thy doors, O Lebanon, that the fire may devour thy cedars. Howl for trees, for the cedar is fallen, because the mighty are spoiled. Howl, O ye oaks of Bashan, for the forest of the vintage is come down. You know, for a part of the world that doesn't have lots of trees, whatever trees they do have are highly valued. But these trees are in trouble for the simple reason that the land is in trouble. And why is the land in trouble? Because the people have done the wrong thing. You see, when we do the wrong thing, it even brings hardship on nature. It's amazing that in Romans, it says that all creation is groaning, waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God, because creation was subdued and harmed by willful sinning against God, starting with Adam and Eve, and only through the coming of Christ and the fullness of salvation, not only will we be redeemed, but so will nature. Therefore, it is of the utmost importance that we recognize that our sin brings people down, but our coming to Christ lifts us all up. It's now time to read the entire passage from the book of Zechariah, chapter 11, verses 1 to 6. Open thy doors, O Lebanon, that the fire may devour thy cedars. Howl, fir trees, for the cedar is fallen, because the mighty are spoiled. Howl, O you oaks of Bashan, for the forest of the vintage is come down. There is a voice of the howling of the shepherds, for their glorious spoil, a voice of the roaring of the young lions, for the pride of Jordan is spoiled. Thus saith the Lord my God, feed the flock of the slaughter, whose possessors slay them, and hold themselves not guilty. And they that sell them say, Blessed be the Lord, for I am rich, and their own shepherds pity them not. For I will no more pity the inhabitants of the land, saith the Lord. But lo, I will deliver the men, every one, into his neighbor's hand, and into the hand of his king. And they shall smite the land, and out of their hand I will not deliver them. This is Zechariah chapter 11, verses 1 to 6. Our lesson is entitled, The Trees Are in Trouble. I know this might make some to think, well, that takes us off the hook because it's talking about trees. No, the trees are metaphorical. They're actually referring to the people in the land. And the trees are like proxy. It's amazing how more than once the trees came into four representing people. Even Jesus says that as he healed the blind man, and he asked the blind man of Bethsaida, what did he see? The blind man said, I see men as trees walking. <laughs> Just a little play on words here. First of all, Lebanon is in trouble. Chapter 11, verse 1 of Zechariah. Now, after speaking about it in gathering into Lebanon, in Zechariah 10, verse 10, now Lebanon is told to open its doors that the fire will devour its cedars. This reference to Lebanon and the cedars is actually referring not to a nation-state, but to a geographic entity, the mountains of Lebanon. There are two mountain ranges that parallel each other, the Lebanon Mountains 
and the anti-Lebanon mountain ranges. And the Lebanon mountains are renowned for the sturdy, wonderful cedar trees. Remember, these cedar trees were used to help build the temple at Jerusalem 3,000 years ago. They were cut down, taken to the Phoenician ports, and then shipped southward to Joppa, near Jerusalem, where they were then taken by land up the Judean hill country to the holy city. And there was a positive relationship between the kings of Judah, namely of David and Solomon, with a man called Hiram, king of Tyre. But here, Lebanon is being told to open, basically, the doors So it will be devoured by fire. And by the way, I believe Mount Hermon is in the southern part of the range called Anti-Lebanon Mountains. In between the two, the Lebanon and Anti-Lebanon, is what is called the Bekaa Valley. And even though Bekaa is a valley, it's at least 300 meters above sea level. That's why in Lebanon, you can be in Beirut in sunshine, but 50 kilometers away in Becca, there can actually be snow. Or to this country known as the Switzerland of the Middle East, you can snow ski in the morning and then drive to the beach and surf in the afternoon. All right, but that's a little interesting geography lesson. We have here some more troubles awaiting the geographic description or the trees. It says in verse 11-2, how fir trees... For the cedar is fallen, because the mighty are spoiled. Howl, O ye oaks of Bashan, for the force of the vintage is come down. All right, so there's more trouble for more of the trees. The cedars have already fallen. I mean, that's tragic in and of itself. But now there's the fir trees and the oaks of Bashan. And the forest of the vintage come down. These trees also are in trouble. Now, Bashan usually represents that region east of the Rift Valley, whether it's uh, the Jordan River Valley or more specifically the Sea of Galilee and the Hula Valley north of the Sea of Galilee. Think of this as a north-south thing. Hula Valley, Sea of Galilee, Jordan River, all this is in the great Syro-African Rift Valley, the biggest, longest gash in the Earth's surface, starting in Turkey, going due south, as the spine of the Holy Land, into the Red Sea, which makes it very, very deep, and then into Africa, where many of the great lakes of Africa, like Victoria, Tanganyika, Lake Malawi, are located, and then ending in Mozambique. I mean, it's a pretty impressive kind of valley, and to the east of that valley, particularly where the Sea of Galilee is and the Hula, is what we call Bashan, but also can be known as Golan. Lebanon's in trouble, the mountains that is, and the trees, and the cedars, and now so is Bashan too. Then it talks about the pride of Jordan. It's in trouble as well. In Zechariah 11, verse 3, there is the voice of howling of the shepherds for their glorious spoiled, a voice of roaring of young lions for the pride of Jordan is spoiled. All right, the sound of wailing of the shepherds can be heard. The young lions, what's happening to them? They are roaring, not out of, shall we say, boldness, but they're roaring in lamentation because the thickets or the floodplain of Jordan is ruined. Now, Jordan here is referring to the River Jordan, which is the body of water connecting the Sea of Galilee in the north to the Dead Sea in the south. It's not navigable. There's not fisheries in the Jordan. It makes a natural barrier between the east and the west, but uh, 
it has changed history. And it was, of course, in the Jordan River that Jesus of Nazareth was baptized by John the Baptist. Okay, when it talks about the Jordan being ruined, what we're talking about is the Jordan River is in a valley within a valley within a valley. The Jordan River is in the Jordan Valley. That's easily seen on a map. But it lies within two others. There's the Or and there's the Zor. Think of it like stair steps and the rivers at the bottom of the stair steps. That means you can be driving near the Jordan and not even see it for two reasons. One is because it's in a valley, and then along the shores are these big trees, obscuring the view of the river. In essence, Zechariah 11, verses 1 to 3, talking about the trees and trouble, is like an allegory, a poem of lamentation against the elements of nature, speaking of the judgment of nature as a prelude to the judgment of the land and people for their stunning rejection of King Messiah. Please note that prophecy doesn't have to be in chronological order. You can have this, in, and we do have this in Zechariah, and we also possibly face this in the book of Revelation, where, I mean, there is some sequential order, but then there's a panning in or panning out of certain key things before going on to the next step. So again, the point being that we did have a regathering, but we still have the issue of the rejection of Messiah. One is of great blessing, one brings punishment. So now we go get away from the trees and go to the people and to the flock. It says in Zechariah 11.4, Thus saith the Lord my God, feed the flock of the slaughter. So why does God tell for the flock to be fed? Well, basically, the reason is so they can be fattened up for the slaughter. That's normally what you do with sheep. We uh, know somebody, he's a friend, and he's trying his hand out at raising sheep, basically because he loves lamb meat. And of course, his purpose is to have them for dinner. Now, the thing is, he had only limited experience with sheep. He's got to learn as he goes along. This is a man in his 50s, never been a farmer in his life, but a successful businessman. And there's it's interesting because there's some second thoughts about these sheep. I mean, you get to know them and the like. Do you still want to turn around and slaughter them? And of course, what we have here is a flock that probably is well known, a flock meaning, of course, people, and they are being prepared for slaughter, perhaps because of their lack of, shall we say, repentance, lack of belief, outward and overt rejection of the gift of God, the messenger of God, the king of God, who was to be welcomed so joyfully as he was in Zechariah 9, verse 9. So they're being fattened up for the slaughter, and that leads us to Zechariah 11, verse 5. It tells us, Whose possessors slay them and hold them not guilty? And they that sell them say, Blessed be the Lord, for I am rich, and their own shepherds pity them not. So the buyers of the flock, or what is called possessors, they will slay this flock, and they won't have to face justice. The sellers of the flock also become wealthy. They're even praising the Lord because they're coming wealthy. Even their own shepherds give them a bad time, oppress them, and the like. And again, this is not something that happened out of nowhere. It's talking about the rejection or future rejection of the king, which would happen half a millennium later when Jesus of Nazareth came into Jerusalem. So then we get 
this final verse, Zechariah 11, verse 6, For I will no more pity the inhabitants of the land, saith the Lord. But lo, I will deliver the men every one into his neighbor's hand and into the hand of his king, and they shall smite the land, and out of their hand I will not deliver them. So this is a pretty serious situation. God's basically saying, I'm handing you over and I will not pity the land anymore. The land, of course, is not just the land, but is those that live on the land. He will hand everyone into the hands of his neighbors and kings, and the land itself will be smitten. Again, remember, the trees are in trouble and God will not deliver them. Now, that's not a very positive note to end on, but let's remember, this is not the end of the story either. We do have redemption. We do have repentance and salvation all being part of the story of the book of Zechariah. And of course, we'll see these things in the subsequent verses and chapters. So remember that our lesson has been entitled, The Trees Are in Trouble. And what is our lesson for life? Our lesson for life is God speaks with astonishing accuracy about the first coming and rejection of Messiah. You can rely on the promises of his second coming. So remember to visit us at our homepage to subscribe to the free monthly Issachar teaching e-letter, helping you to become future ready with articles on the Bible, victorious living, and current events in the light of God's word. You can also visit us at our Facebook page, Teach All Nations, Education, and thank you for liking our page. Let's pray. Father, As we ponder the words of Zechariah, this particular lesson talked about the trees in trouble. And Lord, trouble happens to the righteous and the unrighteous in the fallen world. But when it happens to the righteous, they prosper. When it happens to the wicked, they either repent or they perish. Help us, Lord, to see that you're the one who will deliver us out of all trouble. And you will honor us, too, if we will be faithful to believe, receive, and and obey. We thank you for this in the name of our Messiah and King, Jesus. Amen. Today's On The Rock was brought to you by Teach All Nations. If you would like more information about this ministry, to download podcasts, view our online store, attend special events, sign up for our teaching newsletter, make a donation to support this ministry, or to invite Dr. Camille to speak, log on to www.tan.org.au or write to us at Post Office Box 493, Mount Waverley 3149. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.